Hi everyone and welcome to the Nettie's Corner Podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to be back on the mic. This feels so surreal. Um, we are going to be listening to an episode that I recorded with my girl Jess. Uh, Jessica is a friend of mine that I've known since grad school. She is from the West Coast. You can tell from the way that she talks and her energy. She's such a beautiful person inside and out. She's a therapist. She works in a school system in LA. She is also a fellow bruja. She, we did a full moon ritual after we did this um, podcast. We read each other's cards. We often talk about wellness and self-care and Following her on Instagram and her fitness journey has been a joy of mine. Knowing her has been a joy. And honestly, visiting her in LA with my girl Kim, I think it was like several years ago in LA was the best vacation because her spirit just illuminates. Um, I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode. We're going to be talking about body positivity, confidence, and self-esteem. That is what the ladies ask for, so that is what the ladies are getting. Okay, y'all? Enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Jessica, thank you so much for being on Nettie's Corner. I really appreciate it. Um, This is a subject that I've been wanting to talk about for a while because my fitness journey is a subject that is really challenging to talk about, but I think that um, my platform allows me to be vulnerable. And I think that as a curvy woman, it's important for me to talk about like my body, my confidence and like my fitness journey, because there aren't a lot of women like us who are curvy or in bigger bodies who are talking about their fitness journey. So I'm really grateful to you for opening up and being vulnerable. Thank you so much for being here. Girl, thank you for having me. I am so excited to share a little bit about myself with you and with your audience. And I completely appreciate that because it is, it's tough. So yeah, dive right in Jess. So we know each other from grad school and we have, we've been friends for a long time. And I think from what I know from you, um, you've been on a fitness journey probably for, for years because you've had seasons in your life where you've been more active and other times from what I know of you. And then I was honestly intrigued recently when I saw that you have a fitness page. So tell me about where are you right now in your like fitness journey? Um, and how did you get there? Yes. Great question. I'm nervous. I really think that I am now reconnecting with the athlete in me that I know I've always been. Um, I've played soccer growing up a little bit about me. I'm I'm in LA, went to grad school in Boston. That's where we met. And you met me when I was training for my first half marathon. Oh my God. I remember that. We went out to dinner. Yes. I remember that. Yes. Oh yes. Wow. That is really an archive, Jess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is an archive. That was 2013. Um, so look at us now. Look at us now. But I really feel like I grew up very active. Mm-hmm. And I think like most women, most individuals, as we um, get into our early to late 20s, you know, life happens, school happens, a family happens, and we end up... Um, leaving our bodies and our spirits kind of at the at the back of the list, kind of at the end of the line. Um, and so recently coming back to this idea that I just shared about reconnecting with the athlete in me really comes from a place of feeling really tired of having to constantly battle with I think what social media puts out there is what it means to be beautiful and sexy and confident Mm -hmm. and also what uh, culturally identify as Mexican-American. I think culturally what Mexican families identify as beautiful and confident and the expectations that the culture has on us to really be and appear a certain way. Mm -hmm. So I was really tired of that. I was really tired of having to fit a certain mold 
mm. um, that I realized I couldn't fit. I was recently diagnosed with a chronic um, arthritis, which thankfully was identified at an early age. I'm 32. Mm-hmm. And most 32-year-olds don't <laughs> walk around and say that they have chronic arthritis. Right. Um, and so I think it just came from a place of wanting to, I was tired of not feeling good about the way I looked. And I also was, I'm just ready for answers on how to feel better about myself really from the inside out. And so mm-hmm. part of um, my chronic um, diagnosis is, which is gout. Um, oh, I, I realized, okay. Yes. So gout, basically, for those who don't know very quickly, it's Mm -hmm. a um, type of arthritis that basically individuals like myself don't process a protein in some foods. And what ends up happening is that this protein um, crystallizes in your joints and your body has a hard time flushing it out of your system Mm -hmm. and uh the protein um turns into uric acid so it's uric acid buildup in joints and for me it happens on my foot um and sometimes on my knees Mm -hmm. and so uh what's interesting is i'm so sorry yeah it's okay i feel amazing now after the diagnosis um but realizing all of these things you know being in my early thirties, having overcome a lot of chronic stress, which I know, um, you've talked a lot about on your page, um, and just feeling really tired of not feeling good. And so I felt like I created this Instagram account, um, to really hold myself accountable on what it means to be healthy for me and my diagnosis, but also hopefully to encourage others to really identify and face themselves, which is not easy to do. That is, I am so proud of you, Jess, because you, you brought back a memory of, of you like training for the marathon. I remember I had never met a Latina, a curvy Latina who's, who ran like running and exercise. Exercise was not a thing for me. I was not an athlete. I just did not care about my body in the way that I do now until I got to grad school and I gained weight and I was forced to like hop on the train and like move around and my body wasn't catching up to my movement that I realized I got to start going to the gym. I remember I was going to the gym with Aaron. So I always, I always track my fitness journey to um, 2013 when we graduated because that's when I like signed up for the Y. That's when I first started downloading my fitness pal and I went gluten-free. That's when my fitness journey kind of began. So I guess we're, you know, almost, well, more than five years later, we're here. But I remember seeing you and my first thought was like, oh, oh my God, she, she can run? Because, and it wasn't like, I wasn't saying that because of your weight or how you look, but it was just so crazy to me because growing up, that just it wasn't a thing for Latinas to be in the Olympics or you know to be sporty women. So thank you for bringing up that memory because it just shows like how much your growth and the fact that you use uh you know the experience of being diagnosed with a chronic disease to provide a message on social media. And I think that is the beautiful thing about social media right now is that people are using their their struggles to educate other people. Um, Absolutely. Have you, I wanted to talk a little bit about what you were talking about, how social media and different messages kind of told you that your body had to look a certain way. Like, tell us more about that. What kind of messages and where were these messages coming from about your body that you first started to kind of recognize like, oh, this, is this true about myself? Absolutely. I really think it even dates back to pre-social media. Mm. Um, I've... Mm. I think in my, uh, I have two other siblings and I, in the middle child, and I don't know if it was a middle child thing or what it was, but I just, um, I'm a lot curvier, a lot bigger mm-hmm. than my other siblings. And it just started at a very young age. My nickname was Gorda, Gordis. Oh, and at first it was very think it's so endearing, but it's not. Gordita is not but, true. No. I, I remember, had to have been 
And I don't think anybody remembers this, but I remember telling my parents or my mom or my cousin, someone saying like, you know, I don't like that name. Mm. And like, don't call me that name. I was probably around 10 to 12. Wow. You were developed because I don't, yeah, I've been called Golda still. And I still, and I haven't, I still don't have the courage to tell people that I don't like that. So that's huge. Yes. And that, and it, it's not like it didn't stop from happening. Um, yeah. But mm. at least I kind of mentioned it. Um, but at any rate, I also messages um, growing up from my doctor as well, my pediatrician. Mm. Um, Did they tell I you remember you like BMI and you were overweight and all that stuff? Yes, my BMI index, you know, was I was considered obese mm-hmm. probably since I was age eight well, uh, to present day and um i remember in high school i was a ninth grader and i had tried out for the cheerleading squad at the at the, my high school and oh. i don't know how but i ended up making the varsity cheer squad okay but i knew that the next year I was going to be representing the school in the little cheer uniform. Mm. And you know what that looks like? Little short skirt with your bloomers, AKA just underwear, (laughs) your chony showing. (laughs) And I was not ready for it. I was getting very self-conscious. So anyway, I went to the pediatrician and I said, I want to lose, I need to lose weight. How can Mm. I do that? And just knowing that instead of the pediatrician saying like, love yourself as you are, which we, (laughs) we are now, I think later on, maybe that message is getting across by some medical professionals. I don't think so, but it was like pushing slim fast, pushing a low caloric diet. So I was on slim fast girl for high school in high school my friends will tell you I brought my salad, my measured dressing, my no. shake, my bar because I lost weight fast because I had this negative self-image of myself and what I needed to look like in the cheer skirt. Damn, no tortillas, nothing? Girl, it was rough. I mean, I have to say that even though I was my thinnest ever during those two years when I was in high school varsity mm-hmm. cheer, I also had the lowest self-esteem and mm-hmm. the lowest self-confidence, mm-hmm. even though I was physically at my best. Mm. And so fast forward to Facebook when I was at community college, right? At that time, you had to have a college um dot edu email to have a facebook i remember so that we're totally part of that generation <laughs> I and know. then instagram when i was at grad in grad school actually mm-hmm. and just seeing all of the models mm. um on social media um the social influencers and really what they appeared to be which was really thin waist, really thin arms, really thin everywhere, but their breasts and their booties. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, that's just not the case for me. Mm. Um, yeah, they didn't look you. You couldn't, yeah, you, you didn't see yourself in those women. I did not. I definitely did not. And so oh. I th- Mm. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so then what is that? Because I think that's like that, that's experience of so many women, right? If you think about back in the day when magazines were a thing, right? There was always this push later on, like in like um, TV shows or where they would address body image and self-confidence. There was always this push that magazines were the reason why women were having such bad eating disorders there was like, I think in the nineties when bulimia and anorexia and like smoking cigarettes, like there was like all these things that were going on because women wanted to like lose weight. They were binging, they were purging all these unhealthy habits to lose weight because of the women in the magazines. And I think that we've just never been able as a, even now, um, which we're going to get to, but, um, I don't think, I think we're doing a better job now, definitely. 
but it's translated, you know, from when you're being, when you're young to when you're reading magazines as a young girl to now when you're a young girl, you know, scrolling through social media, you go through that. And your therapist, Jess, what do you think, maybe even for a client or even for yourself, what impact does that make on you when you're a young girl or young woman, you're still trying to figure out yourself and your life and though you don't see yourself in media and you're being told that your body is bad. I mean, it really can mess up your mental health. I think Mm -hmm. if you are living in an environment that is not supportive to you already, which, Mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately statistics show that individuals who come from minority backgrounds, Asian, Black, Latino, Latinx individuals um, really are not living in spaces that are the most supportive familial-wise, societal-wise, and that already puts us at such a, a place of hardship. And then on top of that, just blasting us with the social media images of what beauty looks like. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think from a mental health perspective, I would definitely argue that it causes a lot more chronic stress, a lot more depression, a lot more anxiety, Mm -hmm. a lot more addiction, uh, whether that is addiction to exercise, addiction to um, just trying to appear a certain way. And so it's just not a place that I would want um, anyone that's younger than me to experience. And it's so sad because I don't think, I think even despite the skilled professionals on, um, that are available to the kids now, cause there isn't as much resources as there was when we were in high school, but all the resources that these kids have now, they're still being bombarded with images of women that are unrealistic. Because even though um, curvy women, bigger bodies, body positivity, all that stuff now, like look at, you know, the Tabrias, the Ashley Grahams, like there's women in bigger bodies, but then there's still this um, sexualization of women that are curvy. So, right. So now we moved away from the fact that curvy women are bad and that we shouldn't be in bigger bodies, but now women are now altering their bodies to look curvy. So it's like, there's so, it's not even an issue so much about weight and size. It's about how you see yourself when you look in the mirror. And I see so many people, big and small, who have body dysphoria, who just, they just think when they look in the mirror, they do not see the person that's looking back at them. They see somebody else. And it's so sad. It is. I mean, you bring up uh, such an important point on there is the fact that now it's this over-sexualized image of what it means to be curvier and people are having plastic surgery mm-hmm. to really, you know, look like the Kim Kardashians and the Kylie Jenners. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's sad. I don't know what else to say about that. It's just sad to me to see that. It's sad and it's tough because we're up against us as mental health professionals, parents, teachers, counselors, we're up against um, a bigger world that is being, that's infiltrating all, all, all of our minds. It really takes like a strong person. Like you talked about in so few words, like your development as a woman and all the stages so quickly, but you had to go all, through all of that. You had to literally get diagnosed with a chronic disease to realize, oh wait, no, I love my body. Like, and I have to appreciate her. Like, why did that have to happen, right? right. For you to then take your, take your, not take your health seriously, because I think you've taken it seriously, but to love yourself. That's, that's, that's tough. Um, Naris, you hit the nail on the freaking head. <laughs> it went from you taking care of yourself to loving yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think the love part is very much tied with the acceptance part. It's like accepting my body and myself 
as I am and what it is that I look like as I am. And that is not easy to do when you're battling against um, intergenerational trauma, mm. um, societal trauma, mm -hmm. community trauma, social media trauma. I'm going to mm -hmm. say it like that. Okay. Yes. Because social media is traumatic. It's traumatic. And it's triggering. And it's so tough because, uh, you know, I know a lot of people listening to this, you know, man, woman, whether you have a child or not, like it's, Everyone can resonate with this because we all go through it. We do such a good job of taking care of ourselves. And I say that in that, like, I know a lot of people who are going to the gym and caring about their diets, but it becomes an obsession. And that's what I'm yes. saying is that we do such a good job of taking care of ourselves in a physical sense. And we could have a whole conversation about how we're not taking care of ourselves in a spiritual sense. But I think that back since, I don't know, the early 2000s, even in high school, when there would be all those messages about like, love yourself before anybody else and confidence this and self-esteem that, it does, it, I think we should have been listening more because we're, we, we've stared away from that a little bit. We're like, how can we, ex it almost makes me, it almost makes me wonder when I, when I think about my own experience and those of those around me is that is my body resisting the change because I am not accepting her at her natural state? And I know that sounds crazy because our, our bodies, if you make certain changes, should change or should improve or will get worse, you know, depending on your habits. But sometimes I think I'm like, is the stress for me looking a certain way causing my body to look more inflamed or feel worse and now it's a cycle where I'm like, oh man, like I'm working out and I'm doing what I have to do and my body is feeling the stress. So it's not changing. So then now I have to go back to square one and be like, no, but I love my body. I love where it is. So it's a thin line because even me as a responsible, sound, rational adult struggle with the woman in the mirror every day. Yeah, I do too. So I do too. What are you, what have you done? Cause I know it's, you know, it's a journey. What have you done just to find your confidence and to look at yourself in the mirror? Yeah. I, when you asked me this question, I really, it really forced me to reflect like, how did I do that? And like, wait, am I confident? Wait, she's oh. telling me I'm confident. So then I am confident. <laughs> and Barker. so... I do realize that I can identify now today that I am confident mm -hmm. and I am confident in the way I, I look and how did that happen? I consider being confident like to you, what does confidence feels like, feel like to you? Confidence to me means wearing what I want mm -hmm. and how I want to wear it mm -hmm. despite what society wants me to wear maybe they don't want me to wear the tank top maybe they don't want me to show the low have the low cut v dress mm -hmm. little tight around the waist they don't want to see me like that mm -hmm. perhaps i don't know right but i really think that in college i was very thankful to have gone to uc santa cruz where they really value difference the city of Santa Cruz has a saying to keep Santa Cruz weird. And I realized oh. that in that weirdness, it really talks about your own individual freedom of self-expression. Okay. And I really feel like university exposed me to people that I would have never come across had I just stayed in Los Angeles. And LA is of, very vain from what I hear. LA is vain. LA is Hollywood and LA wants to put you in a box. Mm. And Santa Cruz was very much the opposite of that. And let me tell you, Boston is also very much the opposite of that. Although maybe they want to put you in a different kind of box, a different kind of box, uh, different kind of box. But as far as confidence, I really felt like I participated in something at college called the queer fashion show. Mm. And I basically did a burlesque performance <gasps> in front of strangers. And that was so scary to think about 
but just the act of doing that. And even though I didn't have, I, I was wearing um, bra and underwear, but the fact that I was in my bra and underwear in front of strangers to raise money for the LGBTQ community, it was very freeing to know that I was supported and encouraged by so many people. And so I really think community, so the people that you surround yourself by, mm -hmm. um, look, I love my childhood friends, but are my childhood friends hyper aware of the way in which they look? 2000%. Are my friends from college that way? Mm -hmm. Not really. Mm. So really and going so, to a college that was inclusive and yes. liberal and really above their time because yes. think about it, you're, I think, a year or two old, you're two years older than me. So you went to college way before me and there was, there wasn't as much inclusivity back in like what, oh, four. Right. Yeah. Right. When you started college, like there, it wasn't. So the fact that you were, you were able to blossom because there were other people also on that college who wanted to blossom, who wanted to be right. the, who didn't want to be put in a box. Right. And then fast forward to my time in Boston, mm -hmm. I had a very difficult time there just mm -hmm. geographically and culturally. Mm -hmm. um, very and hard a lot to acclimate of the, here. Very hard to acclimate from little liberal California to, and liberal Massachusetts, but in a different yeah. way. And yeah. I was in individual therapy for a very long time there. And my therapist had, you know, I remember I was struggling a lot with dating. I was on dating apps. I was going on a lot of dates and just nothing was happening, girl. And I was like, I wonder why. Maybe because I don't look like the little blonde girl, sick figure that went to MIT. I don't know. The therapist, while I was in Boston, gave me this activity. And I really think like, wow, this... My therapist was so progressive in this idea of how to develop self-esteem, which is she told me, she's like, Jessica, I want you to come back next week and bring me photos of people that you know that you like the way that they dress. Hmm. And I thought, what is she trying to do? People that you know that you like how they dress? Yes. Okay. And just bring them to me. So I did. I remember I like I was like they're black and white photos, but here they are. Right. And I realized she's like, okay, tell me about them and tell me why you like them. Mm -hmm. And I remember I put you. I don't think I ever told you this, so disclaimer. Oh my god. I put you. I put Kim. I put my friend Emily. And I realized as I was explaining why I love the way you dress, it all had to do with personal freedom, mm -hmm. but also the way in which you put clothes together. And even just a simple thing of wearing a bare face and just having lipstick on. Mm. And I realized in that, that that is what confidence is, being who you are. Absolutely. And accepting that we all have our own individualities and how we express ourselves. And I really just felt like that moment really clicked for me. And I realized like I was already surrounded by all these beautiful women that I look up to. Wow. And that they are me and I am them. Um, and so it's really that energy piece that she really fostered for me. Mm -hmm. And so I really think back to that time and I'm like, wow, I have grown so much from that time. Jess, I feel so affirmed. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's real. It's interesting because when you were talking, I'm thinking about um, the times that to me, you exuded all the confidence because like you said, I, I didn't question whether you were confident. I just, as my friend to me, you seem so confident because you've always just been yourself. And we've had vulnerable moments where we cry and stuff like that. But to me, confidence is being yourself around people. And I think if you can show me your most vulnerable, true self, you were, were, that's it. We're friends. We're family. And I think back to another moment where I was just like, wow, this girl is badass. When you were dressed as Selena. 
Oh yeah. And it's like for Halloween. For Halloween, yeah. And I forgot what year it was. I remember when you dressed as Selena for Halloween and I was like, oh, she's in a bralette. Yes. Oh my God. Like I so when you said that you, you know, gained your confidence in undergrad, I'm like, that makes sense. Because if you would have yes. said, Oh, I just became confident recently, I was gonna be like, eh, nope, not true, because nope. You were confident enough to know like I'm gonna do this half marathon or marathon and then you were confident enough to throw on that selena outfit yeah you were in the house but you had a guest coming over we took pictures i have a video of you singing you do so yes my friend you you have confidence and i know right now you're working as a school social worker and you can't really you know, be present for your students like you want to, but I really hope that you share these stories with them when you can about confidence and self-esteem because it's, it's so important. Like this, I hope that someone who's younger gets to listen to this because it is so important for them to learn that it's not about the way that you look, but it's the way that you feel. Yes. I remember, you know, I've always been in a curvy body and I've always dressed the way I wanted to. Like it, it to me, that was just like a no brainer. Like, you know, some seasons I had more money or I was able to buy name brand stuff, but I always just wore what I wanted. And I remember like growing up, people would say that I dressed crazy because I wasn't wearing what they were wearing, partly because we were like poor and I just didn't have it. But I didn't think I dressed crazy. Like, back in the day, you know, you look at your pictures of yourself, and you're like, oh, girl, you was looking wild. Like, we all dressed weird when we were in middle school. But yeah. to me, I was fucking fly. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And still to this day, I wear what I want. And I think we have to step away from this. We kind of have to normalize that it's feeling good in your skin, not you know, covering yourself up or um, removing layers or adding layers. It should just be like comfortable in your skin. And I know, I also know a lot of friends who do, you know, do, you know, they do them, they, they do themselves up every day, you know, pounds of makeup and, you know, hair extensions, which is totally fine. And like, you know, dressing up and sometimes they get surgery this message is for them too, that if you, if all that stuff makes you feel confident, that's fine too. But it's about yeah. like authenticity. Like at the end of the day, when you go to bed, do you feel good about, you know, do you feel good about yourself before you go to, before you go to bed, when you wash off the makeup and you're in your PJs and you're in your house clothes, is that the person that you love? The person that's looking at you in the mirror? Right. my opinion (laughs) go ahead it's probably no and that's only because I have people very close to me Mm. that are exactly that way that you described Mm -hmm. I am in LA we're all hella consumers Mm -hmm. of beauty and at the end of the day I hear comments like damn Jess I wish I didn't have my eyelash extensions because I would actually have eyelashes now. That's real talk. Damn, I wish I didn't have eyelash extensions because I would actually have eyelashes. Yeah, because now the eye now now all I now all this person can wear are eyelash extensions because Home Girl doesn't have any eyelashes. Oh my god! Why? Because she want to look a certain way, be a certain way, and. But people that's that's that guilt and shame. Yeah. That I refuse to have. Really trying to just not participate Mm. in that. No. I'm not saying I don't get done up because let me tell you, po you know, pre COVID, at times I was with the fake eyelashes and Right, right, right. Yeah, no, we're not shaming fake eyelashes. Yeah. That's people's like people's whole careers like are doing eyelash and which I love. Like that's beautiful, but it's at the it's who who are you really? And I know it sounds corny, but do you love yourself? Like do because if you're getting all that stuff done and you are still having a conversation with your friends, being like, I want to take my boob, you know, my uh, my my implant out, or 
I want to get them bigger. Or once you get the implants, now you have to get the stomach from your fat taken out and add it to your butt. Thighs. Or, yeah. Right, put in your thigh. And now I had a friend tell me that she wanted to get her, <laughs> she wanted to get her butthole, like her butt wet, um, bleached. Yeah. Oh, 2000% believe that. I've heard that. I've heard worse here, girl. And I'm like, this is, and I told her like, you know, like, you know, why? Like I questioned, I questioned it and I I try to be really supportive of my friends, but that, that scares me that we're, we're at the point where we're getting our asshole bleached. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is really scary. Like, that is so, oh man, that is so scary. My message that I just want to make sure that we make very clear to people, because I know somebody's always going to get offended or or get upset that we're talking about them. It's not about that, but if you're going to do something for your health or fitness, it has to be sustainable. It has to. It has to make sense. Like, for example... You know, that's why they say, like, um, eating healthy and going to the gym is a lifestyle. Because it's true. You have to keep going to the gym. I have been going to the gym since 2013, trying to lose the 30 pounds that I gained in 2013. Those 30 pounds are not going anywhere. I'm now in a grown woman body. I have to understand that 22-year-old Amneris and 30-year-old Amneris are not the same person. My body has to hold on to weight differently because... I'm at childbearing age. Like, you have to understand that your body fucking changes. You are not going to be the same weight as you were in high school. You're just not. So you have to do things that are sustainable to you. So doing a quick fix diet, doing, you know, tracking your meals, um, wearing a waist trainer, like all those things that are temporary, cool. But what's going to happen five years from now? Are you going to continue to track your meals? When you're at a wedding, are you going to are you gonna say no to dinner, right? Because that's not part of your meal plan that day. And this is not for the people who have, like, health issues, who gluten deficient, protein deficient, plant-based. That's different. That That's a lifestyle. Like, there's people who, like, medically, they need to not eat dairy, not eat eggs, um, not eat meat, and stuff like that. But what is really scary is that we're doing these quick fixes for our body and our health because we want to be snatched by this year. We want to be snatched for this vacation. We want to be snatched for this. And then what happens is that when we come back from said vacation or we took the birthday pictures at the casino, now we've gained all the weight back and we feel like shit again. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it's the vicious cycle all, all over again. And I've been in that cycle and I told myself, <laughs> the cycle is done, Jess. Oh. No, it is time to embrace what it is that you are and who it is that you are. And I really feel like that personal freedom, that's not con- consistent whatsoever. Not at it all. has to be developed and worked on through meditation Mm -hmm. through the act of cooking as a form of Mm self-love through talking to individuals that are supportive to you the community that you mentioned having a community that's going to be cohesive with your goals so for calling out people that don't make you feel good no and i and you have and it's something that i continue to do to the same people in my family today. And that's just what it is. Yeah. Because I realized that if I don't do that, nothing would change. And the only constant is change. So why not shake it up and keep it 100? And, you know, keeping it 100 with people that you love takes practice, but you can do it. I had a friend tell us, um, have a conversation with us about our relationship to food because she's plant-based and I don't remember the conversation fully, but she was just saying basically that like, you know, when we get together, 
why do we need or why do we need to always order like pizza or why do we need to always order like a certain food and she wasn't like upset or like calling us out but she was basically pointing out that like sometimes it's challenging for her to eat when we get together because eating and hanging out usually go to and like go, go together and she usually eats at home because as a group we always get food that is common right common to the larger group and usually it's not something that she can eat so we're having a conversation and that's huge right because that's and you just like having a conversation with your family member about not calling you fat you have to there's always this running joke in latin um for latinos when thanksgiving and christmas comes that they ask if you're fat and if you have a boyfriend like it's just <laughs> it's yes. it's funny but it's not because then what happens yeah. is that we're telling our kids that you're telling your grandkids that and then their kids and then their kids and their kids where do you think our moms got it from they were called fat and their moms and their moms. Like, when, we have to stop the cycle. Yeah, we do. I already know that this is going to be uncomfortable. And guess what? That's what it takes. Yeah. Because I'm sure it was uncomfortable for you to tell your family, like, can you guys not call me Goldita? Or... Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Or stop judging how much food I'm eating at this particular moment in time. <sighs> the extra serving or can I have some more fries or whatever and I have to call them out like you know that doesn't make me feel good when you look at me like that so it's not all the time because then that can be exhausting but sometimes I do do that and you know what it makes me feel better and it lets people recognize and gives them the opportunity to develop self-awareness mm. and I really think at the end of the day you and I know that without awareness for mental health, we're nowhere. And that's really, I think, with, with everything. It's developing that self-awareness and that self-acceptance of, you know, coming back to your center from the chaos mm. of your mind, which is mindfulness, which is, it doesn't have to be through meditation. It can be through... therapy. Yeah. Um, listening to music coloring creative expression mm -hmm. exercise anything that brings you joy and that yes. there's, there's a lot out there about tapping into your inner child because there's a lot yes. of people we experience a lot of trauma as children and then we suppress those memories and then as adults it triggers us but we never really we don't get a chance to i always think about if i had a chance to go back to talk to middle school Amneris, because those are the most traumatic years for me, I would tell her so much. And I would just by telling her, like, you're beautiful. You don't have to do all these things to get people's attention. You don't have to do these things to burn out. I was burning out when I was in some grade because I felt like I had something to prove. And even though we can't go back in time and do that, we could work on our inner child now by going back to those activities, like you said playing, coloring. That's why those adult coloring books are really big now. Exercising, going on walks. There's all these beautiful black women on freaking roller skates. Yes. People are biking. Like all those activities as a child, those are ways that you can tap into your inner child. And you could start, even if you can't find ther a therapist because it's not affordable, you can start reworking your inner child by doing those activities. And little by little, it's a journey. But little by little, you'll get there. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? Therapy is not for everyone. It's not for everyone. Let me tell you, it's not for everyone. And so whatever it is that you can do to kind of develop that self-awareness and acceptance and building confidence. You know, I have confidence when I make a brand new recipe and it comes out bomb. You know, it doesn't have to be what it is that you look like or thinking about creative ways that you get that same same sense of mastery mm, yes of accomplishment yes uh like when you're about to demolish like a presentation at work or you're working on a powerpoint you're doing your paper yes like being confident that you're gonna walk into this room and you're gonna own it like you earn a seat at the table all that stuff 
Yes. And that is reconnecting our neurons to connect that that is what confidence is. This act of a buildup and work towards accomplishing an activity is confidence. And And it can be anything, but that feeling that you experience after that accomplishment is what layers and layers and layers into your mind's neurons to connect those activities to feelings of confidence. I hope that made sense. Yes. But yes. Yes. Wow. I really, that's, I feel like that's a great way to end Jess because I don't know what, I don't think I can follow up neurons. <laughs> I know. I hope people get it. I no, they so. totally will. That was, I was like, yes, yes. Oh my God. Yes. yes. Science. <laughs> it is science and it is. Mm-hmm. Like when science. do you get a chance to really pull out science when you're 30 like this i mean unless you're a scientist but <laughs> when you're a social worker so thank you for that because it is scientific Absolutely. yes it's spiritual but it's scientific everyone everyone can everyone can work on this everyone can do this absolutely and you know i i very much appreciate um you letting me go off on that little neuron tangent because it's the neuropsychology that helps us feel better and understand ourselves. Ooh. Yes. Do you so. have any resources for the people? I don't want to put you on the spot. Um, about like to, to help them kind of tap into like inner work, anything that you've read, any podcasts, anything like that. Yes. I think if people have not read um, The Four Agreements, Think no, that's I have not read one. that. The Four Agreements, girl. Okay, I'm gonna have to, I have to get Four it. Four Agreements, okay. Don Miguel Ruiz, mm-hmm. and uh, The Alchemist. The I, Alchemist. I do have The Alchemist, yeah. I have read that. Um, I really think those two books just came to mind because they're both very much tapped into how to kind of start that inner work. And I think about that those two books actually gave me more awareness and kind of like an opening to what it means to live freely. And also another book about forgiveness, um, The Shack, the book, The Shack. Oh, I love The Shack. The Shack is really good because it is about forgiving yourself and you can't accept yourself if you don't practice self-forgiveness. I also think that um, developing a sense of self-compassion through meta meditation. Mm -hmm. um, And I always recommend to people the shine text app Um, shine used to be a text messaging service um, that I I was signed up for for years. And every day they send you like a, hey, I'm Neris, and some kind of like affirmation. If you say say you wanted to work on fear, they would send you some kind of affirmation about fear. And then they blew up. It's actually developed by two women of color. They blew up. It was just like a a text message service. And now it's a whole app. They have meditation. They have like, videos they have a bunch of stuff so i always recommend that uh, it's much cheaper than headspace i know a lot of people like headspace but if you're a student or a teacher i think you can get headspace for free um mm-hmm. they were doing a lot of promotions during in the beginning of the pandemic for people who were um essential care workers or mm-hmm. essential workers sorry um mm-hmm. so look up headspace see if you can get a discount through your school shine text all those books you mentioned yeah and please like if you guys have like any follow-up questions let me know jess is there an instagram that you feel comfortable sharing yes you can follow me at team sweet j per which is at (laughs) team spelled normally sweet j per s-w-e-e-t-j-p-e-r 
And that's it. Yeah, and I'll tag you. Um, this, this was wonderful. Like, I'm so glad we did this, Jessica, and I hope that it resonates with someone, honestly. I hope so, too. Thank you for having me. Me Me too. It was, it was special to kind of relive our journeys and seeing how far we've come. Mm. And I think you're such a beautiful person and I love what you're doing Uh, with your podcast and just being so encouraging and motivating to so many people so thank you that was sweet i can't (laughs) (laughs) so real oh my god thank you so much jess i love you i love you y'all do you hear that love fest at the end with jessica and i um i originally was gonna edit that part out but i don't think that we as women of color give each other enough praise and credit as we do. There's been so much that's happened to black people this year that I can't even wrap around my head. Then on top of the fact of everything that's happened with specifically with black women, Breonna Taylor, you know, Megan the freaking Stallion, a celebrity who was shot by another black celebrity. Um, protect black women, okay? So um, I just am really grateful for Jess. Friend, friend, soul sister, uh, s- spirit sister for life. Um, I hope this episode resonates with you guys. It felt so good to be on this on this mic again on this mic again um i have so many dope things that i want to do with this podcast in a few in the next few weeks and the next few months and i'm hoping to just kick ass quarter four okay guys so i hope that all this energy and all this information resonates with you please 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 follow jessica i'm gonna put her information in the show notes Um, And if you don't know already, you can find out all the updates about this podcast on my page. We only have one page for the podcast, which is my personal page. And it's really netty, N-E-T-T-Y, which will be in the show notes. Okay, guys? DM me, email me, reach out to me if you need anything. I love you guys so much. Stay well and take care.